We listened in on the Comerica conference call here a couple of three weeks ago, back to the second quarter. And it was a gangbuster second quarter. Uh, but, I, you know, a lot has changed since then. At least it has in the environment, especially with COVID-19 and Delta coming back. So we thought maybe we'd check in and see how things are going now. Kurt Farmer is the CEO of Comerica. Joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. David, it's great to be with you as well. Thank you for uh, having me join you today. Yeah, you know, I noted, I mean, I, I loved your opening remarks at the conference call, quoting, you said, it's strong deposit growth, robust fee income, and excellent credit quality. Um, three weeks later, anything change? I think that story is still, is still the same uh, that, that it would have been on the call uh, when you heard my comment several weeks ago. But I do think that there's a little bit more uncertainty that has entered into the equation that we're all feeling with the uh, COVID-19 and the Delta variant. Uh, and then you've got a lot of global events going on that are distracting right now as well. And so we continue to see just uh, with businesses, uh, Pretty good lending activity uh, kind of across the board, especially sort of in core middle market, small businesses, manufacturing, service companies, uh, et cetera. But probably just a higher level of uncertainty about sort of capital expenditures, uh, kind of the go forward uh, based on the uncertainty that we're feeling in the economy right now. We're also continuing to see a lot of cash uh, in the system. Uh, businesses and consumers both are really flush with liquidity right now. And I think a lot of people are holding on to that, just sort of anticipating what may or may not happen on a go-forward go forward basis. You know, it, it's interesting you say that because I, I think it was yesterday, the housing starts and building permits came out, and housing starts dropped off. They were negative, and, and they were below expectations. So maybe putting new construction on hold here or there. But building permits were much stronger than expected. So it's like nobody expects this to last. Yeah, I think it does feel like a, a temporary reprieve. I mean, when you look at sort of the full year growth in the economy, our economist, Robert Dye, is still anticipating sort of full year 2021 uh, GDP growth of about 6%. But with the second half of the year being a little bit softer than the first half of the year, I do believe that most businesses anticipate that, you know, this is sort of a bubble that we're working our way through. Uh, having said that, I think there are some things that are still concerning out there, right? I mean, there are supply chain disruption disruptions that many industries are dealing with, um, inflation. There's the whole debate about is this transitory or is it really uh, more permanent? Uh, and I think there's signals that sort of point to both or some maybe some things maybe be more transitory and some being uh, maybe more uh, longer term uh, concerns. One area that we're a pretty heavy lender to is the auto industry. and uh, that's certainly an industry that's been very significantly impacted by supply chain disruption, especially around uh, the chip sector uh, right. right now. So you know, we're having far less demand for traditional borrowing in the, in, in the auto industry. But at some point, that'll write itself as well. You know, I didn't realize that was as big a part of your industry, uh, your lending. Is this for, for floor planning and for dealers for inventory? Yeah, our company has a lot of roots, given our long history, a company that's 172 years old, and the majority of that time was in Detroit. So mm -hmm. we've got a lot of connectivity to the auto industry, both with uh, manufacturers, with auto suppliers, and then, and then with dealers. And in the dealer business specifically, David, 
what we primarily help dealers with is floor plan lending. So it's really financing the cars, uh, both new and uh, pre-owned cars that are on, on their lots. And uh, it's a business we like uh, a lot. Uh, there's been a lot of growth. There's been, been a lot of consolidation and, and uh, a business that we really prosecute nationally. We not just in the markets we're in, but we have customers really across the country in that, in that space. Yeah, I mean, it is insidious. And I saw that in some economic numbers the other day on, 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 uh, in retail sales is, is car sales were way down. But it's not because of demand. It's because you can't fill, fill the demand. Right. I mean, if you've, if you've tried to buy a car recently, you've, you've gone through this, right? I mean, the, the uh, annualized uh, uh, auto sales numbers of, uh, for new and used cars are down to below 15 million. And we were running uh, sort of pre-pandemic at about 18 million right. uh, on an annualized basis. And so it's really an inventory issue right now. Uh, you can get a car, but you've just got to be patient, especially if you're getting a new car. It may have to be one that is ordered. Uh, from the factory or, or you know, not necessarily on the lot uh, when you show up that day. Uh, we're, you know, just we're watching the calendar. We're getting close to getting out of the dog days of summer and back to, you know, whatever fall's going to bring us. But but one thing it brings, I think, is is the government sort of backing off their their, their eviction moratoriums. Uh, this, there's a phasing out of, of forbearance. I don't know what that means for your business. Uh, it's going to... It, it maybe opens up some homes that are going to be resold. Does is that does that help demand for you? It's hard. To, it's hard to say. You know, we are uh, primarily uh, while we are full service bank, the majority of our revenue really comes from and the customer base we work with more from commercial lending activity. So we're a little bit less impacted uh, by what might might be happening with the eviction moratorium. But what I would say in general is that we are now in, in, entering the phase of where a lot of the stimulus that was put in place related to COVID is starting to roll off uh, with a, a few exceptions like the, the child care uh, payments that are, that are being made uh, to families. So you know, whether this, it's the eviction and forbearance moratoriums, whether it's the um, additional money for unemployment, uh, whether it's the stimulus checks that went out, you know, a lot of those are now we're kind of entering the post uh, phase uh, of those those things. And it'll be interesting to see what that does uh, to the consumer and to, to businesses as well. And uh, it was a tremendous help. You know, Triple P uh, was a tremendous help to, to small businesses. But uh, it also will be interesting to see what happens, whether if, if, if we don't get out of the, the variant and the spike right now, does the government uh, feel uh, motivated to apply some additional stimulus uh, to, to, to help? Uh, I, I believe they probably won't. Uh, I think they're going to continue to focus on in, the infrastructure bill and some of the other things. And I think the view is going to be that really this is a bubble that we're working through with COVID right now and that we'll get on the other side of it and things will start to normalize. You know, you, you mentioned the, the deep roots of Comerica in, in Detroit and in Michigan. But obviously, the relocation here, and you're in all the hot spots now. I mean, you're in Texas, which is hot, Arizona, California. And I, I noted with interest, you all are kind of tiptoeing, it looks like, into the Carolinas. And I guess that's another enormous hot spot. Yeah, I mean, the, the uh, southeast is extremely attractive. And we're in the southeast today, you know, primarily in the Florida market as a full uh, surface bank. But we do believe that... North Carolina, South Carolina, and some other surrounding states are, are attractive markets. And we've tried to look at 
as we've thought about expansion over time is really where do we have concentrations of customers today? And as a bank, uh, we have a lot of commercial banking uh, customers in the, in the Carolinas and in, in the Southeast uh, across a lots of different industries. And so we've hired a, a well-known uh, leader in that market, a gentleman by the name of Jerry, uh, Jerry Bowen, uh, to lead and, and help us build a market there. And we'll start out really with a commercial lending focus in, in several locations, Raleigh, Charlotte, et cetera. Uh, and uh, over time, if that sort of evolves into uh, growth for us in that market, we'll, we will think about other things like wealth management services, branch banking, uh, et cetera. But really starting today uh, primarily as a commercial uh, lending operation. It's really how we've how we've expanded into other markets over time. We operate today, David, in five primary states, uh, but we've got banking operations in probably uh, 10 or 15 uh, states across the United States, really commercial lending operations. And we try to, to uh, expand into other markets and then see if we can get some traction and sort of think about how we might expand over time. So it's a way for us to sort of tiptoe, so to speak, to use your words into a new market and uh, see what it, it might uh, might it entail for us uh, longer term. But we are still very, very bullish on the markets we're in. Uh, Texas is still a great economy and we're still expecting Texas to grow at a slightly faster rate than the U.S. economy overall. We're still very bullish on you know, California, Michigan, Arizona, Florida, uh, the other states that we're in as well. Are all the playing fields pretty pretty even out there. I, I, I don't know your business as, as well as I, as I should, but I do know there are lots of state banking laws and sometimes uh, restrictions and sometimes the way you can do business in one state is vastly different from the way you can do business in another. Yeah, there, uh, there are fairly level playing fields uh, across, across the board. Sometimes there's differences in zoning laws and what you can do with locations, branch locations, et cetera, sort of state by state. Uh, for example, uh, there are less zoning opportunities to have drive-throughs at locations in California uh, than there would be in, in Texas. And a lot of that is zoning uh, related with real estate restrictions, but pretty much from a regulatory standpoint, uh, it's a pretty level playing field across the U.S. Uh, today. And, and I would guess that the the migration, and, and which is accelerated during COVID nineteen, over to online banking and you know e signing, has helped matters. Yeah, it really has. I think that the fact that the banks had done so much work, and including Comerica, uh, the last five or ten years to set up capabilities for clients to do things in a more digital uh, technology oriented manner, uh, whether it's, you know, mobile banking, traditional uh, depository uh, services, opening accounts online, yeah. uh, depositing checks, you know, all of that can be done today in a, in a, in a manner that does not require face-to-face -face interaction. And it's allowing us to, to leverage that up, take care of our customers. Uh, and we're seeing more and more migration to those channels for basic servicing. But the thing that hasn't changed is that customers still want to be able to have that interaction uh, either on the phone or face to face when they've got really more major events in their lives. You know, they, they need to uh, help planning to, for college for one of their children or buy a home or, or help with their retirement planning or rolling over a 401k or something of that nature, settling their, their mother or father's estate. The things that really they're looking for advice uh, that we can deliver they still want that human interaction. And so we're trying to focus on that while really shifting a lot of the daily servicing 
uh, and sort of basic things, making a deposit, transferring money, et cetera, really allowing people to do that really when and where they want to do it uh, via technology, you know, iPhone, yeah. uh, whatever device they might have. No, you're selling relationships rather than one-off business. And that that is something that Correct. people find comforting is that, that knowing yeah. that you're always going to be there. Well, look, I, I congratulations belatedly on a, on a great second quarter, we hope the uh, the third is is at least as good. Kirk Farmer, CEO of Comerica, and we always enjoy our visits. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, David. Thanks. Have a good day. Thanks for more of our conversation with Mr. Farmer. Go to krld.com/slash/ceo. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD. <laughs>